Hello, welcome to Feed, Play, Love, the bite-sized podcast for parents. I'm Siobhan Hunt. This is a show all about parenting. I speak to experts and carers about everything from fussy eating, toddler behavior, sleep, and more. There's nothing quite like a pandemic to spike a parent's anxiety levels, especially, like one of my colleagues, when your daycare sends home a note saying that if your child has a cold, um, they will need to be cleared by a doctor before they return to daycare, or perhaps you know someone who's a teacher, as I do, who said that I think roughly 500 students had to stay home because they had been to China over the holidays. So what is the most current news on the coronavirus and what do parents need to know? Sarah Hunstead is a former paediatric emergency nurse and the founding director of CPR Kids. I'd also like to add she's very practical and very good at calming anxiety (laughs) in hypochondriacs like me. She's here to talk about what exactly is going on, what we know right now, but of course with the caveat that things change very quickly with these kinds of things. Hi, Sarah. How are you? I'm well. Can you actually start us with a quick update on what a coronavirus actually is? It's not a beer-based virus like I thought. Yeah, no, definitely not. It actually gets its name because of the crown-like structure of the virus. So coronaviruses, they're a really large family of viruses and they can cause illnesses ranging from a common cold to a more severe illness, um, such as you probably heard of SARS, which was happening in the early 2000s, um, severe acute respiratory syndrome, and also MERS, which is the um, Middle Eastern respiratory syndrome which are the kind of the the severe end of it. So as I said, from a mild cold-like illness to the more severe illnesses. And the thing with coronaviruses as well is they're often considered inconsequential. Like there's loads of coronaviruses in this family. Most of the time, all they do in healthy people is simply cause the common cold. But with this particular coronavirus, which is named the Novel Coronavirus 2019, and the reason the WHO have done that is because Novel means new. We don't know enough about it at the moment. It is a really new kind of virus. And to be honest... Not much is known just yet. I mean, you know, you can imagine scientists around the world are working around the clock to you find out all about this. But exactly how it transmits and all the features of the disease is still a little grey at the moment. But there are some things that they do know. Okay, tell us what they do know. So what they do know is that so far its fatality rate is a lot lower than what SARS or MERS was. So SARS had a um, fatality rate of around 10%. So 10% of people who were infected with that died. MERS, there was a 36% rate. So far with coronavirus, it's a 2.17% fatality rate. And all of those deaths have occurred in people who are older, who have perhaps um, coexisting conditions. So uh, healthy, normal, normal in inverted commas, there and not dying from this disease. But once again, as I said, this is just what we're talking about now. Um, And things could change. Are children at risk when we talk about something like this where the elderly are being affected? We do see children as kind of a bit more vulnerable. They're still developing 
Should parents be a bit more aware about this kind of thing? So at the moment, there isn't a lot of information about that. But common sense says that, you know, as with influenza, that yes, the little ones are more at risk. They have immature immune systems. The elderly are more at risk. And those with coexisting conditions as well, such as, you know, whether there's a, you know an immune problem or a cardiac problem, things like that, then logic says that, yes, they probably are a bit more at risk, but we do need need to be sensible about that. So what are the symptoms? Do we know that? Yep, absolutely. So at the moment, the symptoms are fever, flu-like symptoms, which are, for example, the headache, the coughing, the sore throat, so that, you know, that, that feeling awful respiratory kind of stuff and also difficulty breathing so that's one of the other symptoms too I'm sure as time goes on that they'll be a lot more specific about that but at the moment it's fever and flu-like symptoms Do we know if it goes rapidly downhill because like you mentioned there those symptoms could be any kind of common cold and we obviously don't want parents to be yep. panicking and running to emergency. That's exactly right. So currently in Australia, who is at risk of this? So if your child, they haven't been to China, <laughs> you haven't been in contact with somebody who has confirmed coronavirus, then you know what? They've probably just got a cold because at the moment, the only people at risk in Australia are those who have just been traveling to mainland China and those who have been in close contact with somebody who has confirmed coronavirus. I know this isn't particularly a medical comment here, but that strikes me as uh, something that could open wide the gates of racist panic on anyone. Because we have obviously a lot of people from Chinese background in mm -hmm. Australia, many of whom have been here for generations, possibly don't even have family in China. Um, do you see that this kind of thing as a medical person, sort of, you know, obviously just your opinion here, look, yep. from the outside looking in, that this kind of thing can lead to um, people catastrophizing. Oh, it does. And this distresses me so much. I was reading on the weekend a whole lot of articles around this and particularly around racist comments that some people are getting. I read a, a tweet by a doctor who said that a patient refused to shake her hand uh, because of the fact that she was of Asian origin. I don't think she was even Chinese. <laughs> but I just find this mind-blowing. And what I I guess I find really frustrating now that I'm standing on my soapbox. You open this up. I did, I did. I you invited did. it. Yep, you did. Is the fact that this is new. So, of course, that there, because there is so many unknowns, there are panics. Um, but the fact that there only have been, as today, 12 cases confirmed in Australia, the fact that we have got measles outbreaks there, which is so highly contagious, and the risks so far that we know is of complications is much higher in measles, but nobody's doing anything about that. People are still not getting their kids vaccinated. You know, there's still not this. It's like, oh yeah, it's just it's just measles. It's okay. <laughs> but you know, let's really think about this sensibly. And there are things that we can do that is absolutely logical about how you can prevent virus spread altogether. If you're concerned about coronavirus, okay, but how about we stop, you know, try and stop the spread of, you know, influenza, measles, all that kind of stuff too. So, you know, just think about this. If this, if you feel like you need to be doing something, wash your hands. 
that simple, logical, happy birthday twice with some soap and water, wash your hands. Oh, wait, you have to explain the happy birthday twice. <laughs> okay, okay. Not everyone has heard this advice before, Sarah. <laughs> so what you need to do to have a really good hand wash, if you know, particularly if you've got a cold, if you've got gastro, that kind of stuff, sing happy birthday, and I'm not going to sing it. <laughs> I was hoping. <laughs> Not a chance. <laughs> if my family were listening to this, they'd be screaming right now. Just going, Mum, don't sing. Yep. So happy birthday twice. Tell me, do the, um, you know the hand disinfectants that people sometimes have around yep. the office or in hospitals, mm-hmm. are they as effective? Or? Um, so soap and water is best. Next best thing, hand sanitizer. But it's not just a little splash and off you go. You actually need, it's that contact. So making sure that you're rubbing all the surfaces on your hands as well. And a hand sanitizer won't help visibly dirty hands as such. So if you know you've been digging in the garden and everything, then yep, good idea to actually wash your hands with soap and water. Is there a difference between those washes? Um, Apparently alcohol-based is okay, but triclosan is bad. Is that Mm -hmm. true? So with triclosan, triclosan is in a lot of different things. So certainly we have in the past, we've had triclosan hand washes in the hospital. It's been in some toothpastes. There are, and we need to check this, Mm -hmm. but in some countries, and I believe in part of Europe, triclosan is actually been banned so yep so alcohol based especially with the kids is the way to go so every flu season I get a little bit concerned because I walk around and I see people wearing masks and I think what do they know that I don't and then I think a pandemic is going to come through and it's going to kill me because I look at people with masks on and go as if that's going to do anything so what's the story with masks and germs mm-hmm. So those face masks, particularly the fabric ones that you see people wearing, fashion accessory. <laughs> They're not a very good fashion accessory, not, may I say. No, not in my opinion. I've seen some bedazzled ones. Really? Yes. I saw a black one that made me think they were like a ninja coming to kill me. <laughs> that, was a, that is actually scary, apart from the fact that I'm thinking I'm going to die from something that I'm not mm-hmm. aware of. So those masks, they, they don't work as such. It depends on the size of, of the virus. There's a, there's, there's a whole complex thing behind this. It won't prevent you from catching diseases. Full stop. Right. <laughs> it can help with air pollution if you are using the right kind of mask that is well fitted. But there is one thing that it can do. And that is if you are coughing and sneezing that you have a cold or you have the flu, what it will do is that if you're wearing a mask, it will help contain your spluttering as such. And so gross. what it will also do is just put a physical barrier between your hands and your nose. Ah. So what it will do, because most often what will people do, we'll subconsciously, we'll have a bit of a runny nose, we'll go and we'll scratch our nose with our finger and then we'll go touch the shopping trolley. And then we've put our germs onto that shopping trolley or whatever surface that is. And a lot of germs can live for a really long time on surfaces. And so what it does is that if you are unwell, you do have that mask. It's that reminder that kind of stops that hand to nose and I love and that mouth. you say that, like people wear it as a preventative measure. They, they wear it because they think it's protecting them from yeah. germs, right? No, because you'll still, ha- you know, go onto that shopping trolley, then you might, you'll be a bit itchy under your mask, you'll take your mask off, you'll scratch your nose, or you might lick 
lick your fingers after eating your sushi and then, you know, whatever. Is that why you might see a doctor or someone wearing a mask? It's more to stop their germs being transferred to a patient. Um, yeah, absolutely. That's that's what it's for. <laughs> Mind blown. And, you know, there are lots of other reasons as well. Um, you know, for example, if a, if a person does have an airborne disease in hospital, we will be putting on our personal protective equipment, which includes a special type of mask that is appropriate for what disease that person has. So it is for personal protection as well. But what we're seeing out on the street at the moment, you can still catch stuff. It's not going to prevent that from happening. So is it is it a kind of barrier if you got it fitted properly and how would you even do that? It can be quite difficult. So, um, for example, uh, for you might be using something called an N95 mask, which stops those really fine little particles going through. It's got to have a really good seal around your nose and mouth. So what I would do, if you are immunocompromised, if your child is immunocompromised, and if they are, you'll know exactly what I mean by that. Their immune system doesn't work properly. What you need to do is talk with your doctor, find out what precautions that they're recommending and go from there. Okay, don't just assume whatever mask you buy, it's going to help. That's right, especially the fabric ones. Yeah. What other options are there? Um, there are surgical masks that you can that you can get. There are other um, masks that you can get from the hospital or your doctor who may be recommending that. Okay. So, look, just to wrap up, because I love that you've made me feel a lot calmer about this already, what would you say, what would be your parting comments to any parent who's sort of getting notes home from daycare or school and kind of freaking out a little bit. Yep, I guess the first thing is just stay calm and stay rational about this and stay informed because it's the it's the fake news, it's the hysteria which gets us, you know, upset. Every single day, updated repeatedly, the Australian government releases it's called coronavirus at a glance oh i love that it's fantastic it's just a short summary where we're at what's going on and what you can do or what you need to do and it's good accurate information so jump on the australian government health website or just google coronavirus update at a glance australian government and bookmark it and when you're feeling worried have a look at that. Okay, well, we'll put that in the notes of this episode. Uh, And just before I say goodbye, I will reiterate that like Sarah said, this is changing every moment. So this is as up to date as we could get it to you. But please do check that link that we'll put in the notes for more information. Sarah, thanks so much for your time today. Thank you for having me. That's Sarah Hunstead, founding director of CPR Kids. And as I mentioned, we'll have more information in the notes of this episode. Feed, Play, Love is a babyology podcast produced and presented by me, Siobhan Hunt. I'd love to hear from you. So if you'd like to get in touch, email me at feedplaylove at theparentbrand.com.au. See you next time.